Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 623. My uh, favorite uh, phrases are from Walter Rill, from my godfather of driving, the multiple rally world champion. And he said once, uh, I'm not interested to win one second ahead of the others. I love to win 10 minutes in front of everybody. That's what I really like. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost jump starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Uwe Mansart. Uwe, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm totally ready. Tires are hot and helm is on. All right. Great. I love that. Uwe Mansart is a professional stunt driver who lives in Hamburg, Germany. It all started when he was 14 years old on a trip to Italy when he witnessed new Ferraris being tested and the hook was set. He worked as a stuntman in movies at the German Warner Brothers Movie World. That set the course towards training at Rick Siemens Hollywood Stunt Driver School in Los Angeles. And from there, he earned his FIA racing license at Zach Speed Driving Academy at the Nürburgring. Today, Uwe drives in commercials for Porsche, Mercedes, and he's even been a stunt driving double for Michael Schumacher and David Coulthard. So, Uwe, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. You are having a lot of fun in cars. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles and driving really fast? <laughs> yeah, pleasure. Yeah, I, I started uh, uh, really, really late. So uh, most of my uh, competitors in this business uh, started with four or five years uh, doing go-kart races and everything. And I started uh, as a gymnast. So I was more uh, uh, focused on being a, a body stunt man. But all of a sudden, I uh, uh, yeah, everything turns into this uh, driving career and uh, uh I think when I was 19, I had my first real big job. And uh, yeah, it's totally, it was always a dream, but it never looks like this could happen, what happens right now. Well, it's pretty cool. I mean, when people, car enthusiasts think about stunt driving and they go, oh man, that must be so much fun. But I know there's a lot more behind the scenes and there's a lot more work involved and you've done so many cool things in your career. So we're going to learn a lot more about this as we move through your journey in life. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying or mantra that has a meaning to you. It's a nice way to get the 
inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So I know you love to drive. Uwe, take the wheel. <laughs> I will. Yeah, <laughs> my, uh, my uh, favorite uh, phrases are from Walter Rell, from my godfather of driving, the multiple rally world champion. And he said once, uh, I'm not interested to win one second ahead of the others. I love to win 10 minutes in front of everybody. That's what I really like. <laughs> and I, I always try to bring it uh, on the point with my job. So I, I don't want to be one of the good ones. I've always tried to be the best. And uh, I think that's so important in a, in a hard business uh, to have really to keep focus on what you're doing. And just don't do it for the money or whatever. Do it because you have to do it because you, you want it. It's, it's from the bottom of your heart because otherwise you never will be the best. You know, I love this saying, and it is so true. When I was a kid, my father taught me when I got some of my first jobs, he said, you know, no matter what you do, Strive to do the best you can, no matter how simple the job, how basic, even if it's sweeping off a loading dock behind a furniture store, which I did for a while. He said, do the best you can, and you'll always succeed. You'll always get ahead. So it sounds like that concept has worked really well for you in your career, right? Yeah, it works. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's because of what, it's exactly like you say that. I, I don't care if I'm going five meters forward or backward in front of a camera or if I'm doing some hop laps on the racetrack. Every job is, you know, 110%. And it's it's really hard to do that. But if you do that and you, you, you figure out that people like that and the results are good, it's so much fun. It's For me, it's always, I'm, I'm not looking what I'm doing at the moment. Mostly I'm looking afterward on the on the project. That, wow, that's amazing. And then I remember, whoa, was me driving. I cannot believe that. <laughs> well, I think it's a, a good way to go through life and for any entrepreneur, and especially from a racing standpoint, so many race car drivers that are super successful, that's the way they look at every single moment of their life. I think it's a great mantra for you for you to have, even though you're doing stunt driving for commercials. They don't want to have to do multiple takes. You've got to you got to make that first one work so that uh, you don't have to keep doing it over and over. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? If you look back in your life, is there a pivotal moment that you remember when you realized you were a car guy? Yeah, that's definitely the the story I, I told you before, and what you what you also talked about in your introducing of me when I was a kid, and I I, I drove with my parents a lot of times to Italy. And uh, one day we, we drove over, I think it was uh, somewhere at the Lago di Garda, and uh, at, the, at the side of the road, everybody drove slowly, and I saw a covered car and two guys, you know, black dressed, black glasses, ear pins and radios, and uh, I knew exactly what's going on. It was <laughs> always like, I know it only, you know, these situations from, from magazines or from movies or whatever, and all of a sudden you're a little bit in this scene, and I, I cannot forget this moment for a long, long time. And the funny part is that we arrived in the afternoon at our camping area, and uh, all of a sudden you can hear the sound of the cars in the mountains. And that was like, so what else? That, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, a- I cannot believe that. It's, it's not like, you know, some, I have no idea. I cannot explain it. It's just at that moment it was like, yeah, no, that's a job. So this, that's a dream, and here we go. And here we go. Yeah, what a way to get hooked, too, to be in the Alps. And uh, listening to Ferraris being tested. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a dream come true. I'm sure your parents are like, are you listening to the birds? No, I'm listening to the Ferraris. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it turns also, it's still today when when a car's passing me and I'm talking to somebody or waiting 
uh, on the phone uh, for somebody. I, I don't know why, but it's automatically it's like, okay, it's a Fiat 500 with the old exhaust, and it's just I, I cannot stop thinking about that. I don't yeah. know why, but it's like like a tick in my head. <laughs> You're a true enthusiast, that's why. So, very nice. Well, Uwe, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've driven down a lot of roads, but I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But, of course, the most important part of this part of our discussion has to do with how did you overcome that situation? And even more important, what did it teach you so you could carry forward and improve? I thought a long time about this question, and there are two different stories, a funny one and a, a really hard one. And I think I decided uh, to talk about the hard one. And Good. It was uh, five years ago, not so long away, uh, that I had a really, really bad accident. And um, the funny part is it has nothing to do with driving because I came back from a Porsche uh, Boxster shooting in California, and I come back to Germany, and uh, a friend of mine called me on the phone and said, hey, do you want to do for the end of the year just a, a, a little uh, acting role on a TV show? Um, and I said, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back in, in, in a couple of hours. Let's talk about it. And uh, everything goes really quick, and two, three days later, uh, I was hired by a company uh, just to play to give the best as an actor mm -hmm. and um yeah the, the 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 story was five guys are going crazy driving around they have a a, a pre-wedding party and they go totally crazy and at the end uh they they have a party and you know superman costumes or whatever <laughs> uh long story short i got a special effect makeup in my face because it was i should look a little bit muddy and dirty and uh, the guy the the makeup artist mixed this special effect makeup uh, by himself up and put it in my face and um i had a really strange reaction and then oh. it, it starts itching a little bit and i don't know what it was at the beginning but then he tries to uh wash it off with water and all of a sudden it burns into my skin and oh my um, gosh it was totally toxic so he didn't get the right powder and did something totally toxic in it. And uh, 24 hours later, I woke up at the hospital and they peel off my, my, my hairs, my, my skin, two layers of my skin from my face and my head was totally peeled off. And I was oh. out of the business for barely one year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, after all the years, a lot of times you're in front of camera driving convertibles and all the things. And, you know, then you woke up in a, in a hospital without no a face. face. And oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Amazing. The funny part is that I was never, I was never angry. It, it, I was always like, I cannot describe this feeling, but it was not like uh, get out and kill this guy. It was more like, why? I mean, why? Why it happens to me? Why right now, not 20 years later when I'm 50, 60, whatever? Sure, sure. And so why? Well, that was a question. And all of a sudden, a couple of friends visit me and I, I register it. I can't think as much as I want. There's no way to, to give my own answer. And uh, I just keep it like it is. And then I send an email to a lot of good clients and um, uh, told them, guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm looking a little bit horrible, but maybe it comes back like it was before. And whatever, my, my mind is good. My brain is good. And as soon as you have something to drive, so please give me the chance to, to show you that I'm still the driver because that's what I'm living for. Right. And the funny part was I got two days later a phone call um, from a production company, and they asked me to drive the new um, 
AMG SL65, uh, a 12-cylinder mm. B-turbo uh, on the Canary Islands. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, I was back in business. Wow. Wow. Uh, man, what an incredible story. I, <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. Well, you know, let me ask you this. What was the takeaway from that situation? Because many listeners, many of us get put in a situation that's no fault of our own. We have no control over it. It takes over our lives. It can change the direction of our life. It can certainly sour our attitude about things. What's a good takeaway you could share with our listeners that you learned from that experience? Hmm. That whatever happens, if you do what you want to do or if you fight for what you want to do, you can do it. Hmm. I mean, it's the same like 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 the beginning of my career. I, I grew up in the countryside and my daddy was a bus driver and, you know, there was nothing, and uh, then the 40-year-old guy pops up and say, hey, I think I'll be a stuntman in the future, or <laughs> stunt driver. Okay, so <laughs> you get five bucks, let's have an ice cream, and tomorrow everything will be better. Yeah. And it was the same moment 20 years later after this accident. It was still like, okay, I am looking ugly right now. Maybe it comes back, maybe not, but I, what I, the only thing I want to do is driving. So focus and, and work on it. Just get back on the business uh, and start driving again. It, it works. So yeah. If you want it, I think you're, you're unstoppable. Well, you're obviously unstoppable. And I think that email you sent out to all your clients was absolutely perfect. It showed them the spirit you have, the drive, excuse the pun, that you have in, for your career and the attitude that you had that was very positive. So, wow, thanks for sharing a, an amazing story. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new path, a new direction, a new idea you have for yourself. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a funny story. It was uh, 12 years ago. Uh, I was asked uh, to do a job in Iceland. Uh, and I should drive uh, very fast, uh, but still secure a car. And uh, I said, yeah, whatever it is. I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional driver, so let's do that. And I jumped into the plane and uh, hopped off in Iceland. And all of a sudden, uh, I stand in the middle of a film set and they uh, tried to shoot uh, the brand new McLaren SLR. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> I stand in front of the car like, you know, before I drove a BMW M3 or something, everything between 250 and 350 horsepower and was, yeah, easy. But all of a sudden, you have twice as much in a car. You you have not even the idea where the key is to start it up to fire <laughs> up the engine. And yeah. you have to form your one engineer as your private or your personal engineer on this project. And I was like, should I do that or should I be honest? When I be honest, I should jump back into the plane and go back to Germany because <laughs> I, I but it was the same moment like we talked before. It was like, no, you're a driver. Just go for it. Yeah. And I cannot explain it. It was really like I jumped into the car. I closed the door and I fired up the engine. I started driving. And after five minutes, was totally one with the car. And uh, it was all about filming, not about driving. Driving was, yeah, it's it's all natural. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that moment shows me afterwards, yeah, do it. Just do it. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great attitude and, and all the people that have been successful in business or in careers or whatever, they say yes first and then they figure it out afterwards and they don't pass up an opportunity and they don't second guess. And there's a lot of us that go through moments in our career where we have what I call the imposter syndrome where we feel like 
I don't think I'm really worthy of doing this. I don't have the skill sets. But if you don't just jump in the driver's seat and go for it, you'll never know. You'll never have that exactly. opportunity. Yeah. So, wow, that must have been absolutely exciting. How did you like driving that car? <laughs> at the best, at the first moment, it was was really scary because um, it was uh, what was his name? The, the engineer was Ian McFoster, and uh, was at this time he was a Formula One engineer, and he told me, "Hey, guy, uh, just take care with the throttle." I mean, we pumped up the car ten inches or whatever to build a, a camera rig underneath of the car. Mm-hmm. So when you go fast, it's really weak, and and you know it's. You will see, but take it slowly. And I drove out for a test ride, and I, the first second was like I never drove a car was was harder and attached, more attached to the road like that. So I have no clue what he's talking about. Yeah. But after after five six minutes, like yeah, I mean, who the hell is James Bond? I mean, look <laughs> at me. Now there's a quote. I love that. Who the <laughs> hell is James Bond? Look at me. Ah, Uve, you're <laughs> awesome. I love that. Now, share a proudest career moment with me. I would assume you've had many. You've got to do so many cool things. You've had so many great experiences in your life with your career. Is there one moment that really stands out for you? Yeah, 14th February in 2014 in Sheleftia, Sweden. Whoa, okay. I think round about I think round about 11:30 in the morning. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now you've got my ears perked up. What what was the experience? <laughs> The experience was uh, have a private driving lesson with Walter Rill. Oh, cool! And uh, I mean, as I said before, he's my godfather of driving. And um, for the last twelve years, I'm doing a lot of the the final movies for Porsche before the the cars are released. I uh, I'm mostly I do the the press shootings and stuff. And then uh-huh. when I when I leave the set, Walter's coming and doing you know the the live interviews and introducing to the all the photographers and everything. So we, we're traveling on the same sets for a long time, but we we never worked together or we never met because uh, it's not an overlapping. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden he he came in and uh, we met because uh, his driver was late and I was still there because my flight was late. Ah, and uh, he looked at the movie and I jumped to him and said, "You see." <laughs> that's me driving we're doing so many jobs together but we never met before yeah. and he's to- yeah he's totally friendly and nicely and asked me to have a coffee together and we start talking and after 10 minutes in the middle of my talking he, he broke up and said you got a key and I said, yes i still have uh, the the cayenne turbo or the cayenne gds key yeah okay let's go oh and wow two minutes later i i find myself in the co-driver's seat of the Cayenne Turbo and Walter showed me for one and a half hour how to go really crazy on snow and ice. It was for me like, uh, yeah, he could be my daddy, but he's driving like my God. Oh my gosh. How fortunate was that? Oh my gosh. That must have been insane. It's undescribable. At the first moment, of course, you think, yeah, pull out your cell phone and uh, videotape it. But at that moment, it was like, no, just look at it. Enjoy it and shut shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got yeah. Just enjoy it. You know what a wonderful experience. I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I'd love to get Walter as a guest on the show here. I've admired him for so long, and it's nice to hear that he's a genuinely nice guy. And the fact that he would take some time out of his schedule and offer you that opportunity—that's what real people are all about. Man, oh man, what a fortunate experience you had. Well, let's go back in time again and talk a little bit about your first 
really special car. Take me back to what that car was and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Um, my very, very special car was my very, very worst 1984 Saab 900 Turbo. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the last 2000 who were really built by Saab because after 84 uh, GM right, uh, right. Uh, worked with Saab and then everything, yeah. Kind of sobbed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this car was a friend of mine is also a car enthusiast and uh, he's a car uh, Saab lover and he told me hey, for you it might be the perfect car to, just to have fun because nobody will expect what this beast can do when it's built up really really good and uh, I bought a, a an old chassis it was lost just I, I, I couldn't even imagine that this piece of rust could be a car and uh, we we worked together for around about one year on that project mm -hmm. and uh, at the end it was newer than a new one so it was really as a uh, um, Eibach, uh, Eibach Springs uh, oh, yeah. ZF um, uh, Quave differential um, Garrett turbochargers and you know everything the finest of the finest and this little beast has with 1.4 bar turbo pressure Ooh. you had 450 horsepower oh my gosh um, yeah, you can imagine when you're when you stop at the traffic light and uh, the new Audi S3 uh, is parking <laughs> on your left and yeah. it's looking at this old crappy Saab, and all of a sudden you're in the third gear and he didn't start rolling. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a fantastic car. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Well, how about Sellers from Morris? Is there a, a vehicle you've owned that you really wish you had back in your garage? Yeah. There's one, Chevrolet K2500 uh, diesel. Oh, okay. I mean, you guys in the U.S., it's like, a, yeah, it's a, it's a pickup truck. It's normal. But um, here in, in, in Germany, it's probably impossible to drive this car because it's so big. And we have so many people here and everything's so crowded. You will never find a parking spot downtown. Right, right. And uh, for me, it was the first time uh, I had really good jobs as a stunt driver. And... Uh, it was exactly the same time when I was, you know, collecting all this uh, called Sievers movies. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, it was also, the, with the years before, I thought about to buy a car like that. It was unaffordable and it's totally crazy. I mean, there's no, no way to do that. And at that moment, it wasn't a position because I got the money, I got the jobs and everything to buy a Chevrolet, a, a pickup truck. I mean, the typical, what a stunt guy is dreaming about car to use to go and set right and that was i mean it was amazing to sit in a in a in a u.s chevrolet uh <laughs> with a mid-20 guy in a german film business where everybody's driving a volkswagen golf or something right that was really really crazy oh my gosh that's funny that's the last thing i would have expected you to say so <laughs> very cool well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. You get to travel the world. You get to drive all the coolest cars, cool new cars. I mean, you can drive them fast. You get to do all this fun stuff. What has you really excited today and fired up? Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of upcoming projects. I'm not allowed to talk about, of course. Uh, but uh, I can. what I can say is they're, they're, the actual process of uh, new cars are coming up is totally for me, it's tremendously exciting. It's really, there are a lot of hybrids and a lot of electric cars. And yeah, uh, yeah. to be part of, of, you know, this step, I think I will, 
I will make make it until the end to the total electric car yeah. uh, generation. But to 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 be a part of this step between the chase. Sorry for my it's, my translation is lost. <laughs> no, but it's, that's uh, okay. I can tell the excitement from the gas engine to to you know hybrid car, and then the next step is pure electric car. Yes. It's, it's fantastic to see that and to be, you know, sometimes I have the, the little chance to, to be side by side with all the uh, uh, engineers and developers and it's, mm-hmm. I cannot believe what these guys are doing right now. Yeah, this evolution revolution that we're going through in the automotive industry is absolutely spectacular. I mean, it's it's a really cool time to be around for cars and to see what's evolving and for you to be out there with these new cars before the rest of us get to see them and get, then get to drive them and get to talk to the engineers. You are living the dream, my friend. You're having a good time, I can tell. So very cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Uwe. If you were a car... What kind of car would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, question back. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough one. Well, here's the way I like to think of this question. It's not what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself. So as I've learned to know you, I think you need to be in a – you're a high-performance kind of guy. You're a fast-moving guy. You're a guy that uh, likes to go fast and try things new and daring. So I would probably call you something new and different. Oh, gosh, that, this is a tough one. Maybe something like a, a new Porsche 918 or, you know, something. No? No? Okay. So, totally different. Uh-oh. No one. <laughs> okay. But really close what you described you you know in his years uh it was totally new and something totally crazy it's an audi s1 oh my gosh okay that that's not what i expect so why are you an (laughs) audi s1 uh yeah it has also to do with walter real but uh i mean when whatever he was driven in his career he just hopped in, uh, hit the throttle and go fast. And afterwards, he talked about, you know, suspension and steering, blah, blah, blah. And every time it was barely the same so, because he's always one step further. But about the Audi S1, he says always when you when you start thinking in that car when while you're driving, it's dangerous. You're, you're too slowly. This car is so, so fast and so tremendously new for these days. And uh, for, it's it's the same for me. I'm, I'm look back on this car and it scares me. Really, it was a really and these days. I mean, it's 647 horsepowers, half automatic shifted, and you know we can make more mistakes with the throttle than with the brake. It was dangerous. It was exciting. It was pure power. It was for me. It's that's that car. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I understand the way you describe it now. So. That makes sense to me, and I'm not as familiar with the Audi S1, so that's why I didn't quite go there, but it makes sense to me. So I think he answered that in a great way. Okay. (laughs) You're welcome. Uwe, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. 
In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Uwe, we are entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready to go? I'm ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? <laughs> I don't know. It's a kind of boring, but it's also from Walter Royal. He said, steer with the throttle, not with the steering wheel. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I like that, especially the fact that it's come from him. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success? Yeah. Don't even think uh, for yourself. Don't think for yourself. Now, can you explain that a little further? Yeah, think for, when you work in a team, think a little bit for the others too. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, think about others first, I understand. Very nice. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's, uh, ucarsnews.com. It's it's a YouTube channel, but overpacked with uh, funny, interesting new videos. And if you're sitting in the airport and wait for your for a delayed plane or whatever, you can look thousands of little videos of that. And there are a lot of interesting uh, upcoming uh, electric cars and, and hybrid cars. And especially right now, we have uh, uh, the Paris uh, Auto Salon. Yes. And you can find every five minutes a new video. So Uwe, uh, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? Um, yeah, but... I am not sure if this is available in English. It's um, it's called Walter and Me. It's uh, the author is Christian Geisdorfer. He's a long yeard uh, co-driver, and it's um, it's a beautiful piece of uh, of book because he's, he's describing all the stories between the big stories. He's ah. he's uh, talking about the stories between the lines, and it's oh, it's overwhelming and heartwarming. Ah. And um, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's uh, um, available um, in, in English. English. Okay, well we'll check that out. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Uwe has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type his name, and his first name is spelled U-W-E, 
And Uve's last name is M-A-N-S-S-H-A-R-D-T. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and all the past 622 guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right, Uve, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, I'll buy you any car you'd like, so don't worry about the cost. What would that vehicle be and why? Porsche 917. <laughs> okay. Oh, you picked a good one. So what is it about the Porsche 917 that you love so much? Uh, the, the story, how they uh, developed the car, the the fact that they start in uh, 1969 with the 4.5 liters and 520 horsepower car, and the career ends in 1973 with more than 1,100 uh, horsepowers, yeah. flat air-cooled turbocharged car with around about 800 thousand kilo. I mean, it's it's a rocket who cannot fly. Yeah. And um, when you stand in, I saw that car a couple of times, and when you stand in front of it, it's like, it's it's. I have no idea how to drive that one with 1,100 horsepowers, you know. Yeah. This is a masterpiece of his, of his time. Yeah. Which uh, generation would you prefer, the older ones or the last generation? No, no, the, the older ones, the, the first old, ones. The first ones, yeah. yeah very I have nice. too much, I have too much respect to drive a, a turbocharged uh, 917. That's really scary. Yeah, I had Bruce Canepa on the show here, and he does uh, magnificent restorations in Scotts Valley, uh, California. And I was in his facility a few years ago, and standing in front of me was the first generation 917 and the one that Mark Donahue drove, the 1,000-horsepower car. And to sit and look at those two cars together and imagine what it must have been like, oh my gosh, incredible stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, very nice. Well, Uwe, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer me one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your very own Porsche 917? <laughs> Always hit the throttle. Never hit the brake. I mean... <laughs> Just go fast. I love it. I love it. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow what you're up to? On my website at stuntuva.com. Stuntuva.com. Very cool. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to that website and everything that Uwe shared today at his very own carsyeah.com website page. Just type Uwe, U-W-E, into the search bar and his page will pop right up. Uwe, thanks for being so generous today with your time calling in from Germany. It's so good to talk to you. And I, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise and your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Have a good time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!